you're listening to episode 57 of Desi Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chibber. And I am Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Monday, March 8th, 2021. This is like a surprise episode because we were both so busy, and then all of a sudden both had our Monday morning spree, and we're like, we can record that episode! Yeah, we were very worried that we were just like, when are we going to do this? And like, we're trying to schedule, and then I was like, actually, I can do right now? Because he was like, <laughs> oh shit, I can too! So, here we are. Um, and because of that, we're just really going to get into this, I guess, right now. We're here, obviously, to talk about the the series finale of WandaVision, which was also titled the series finale, um, which dropped on Friday this past week. Um, all right. What were what were your what was your initial reaction? It's really funny because I feel like we have the ex- like just we haven't talked. A, you and I haven't talked a lot about it yet, but we've talked mm-hmm. a little bit about it. And your reaction was like. I didn't really like it, but I had a lot of issues, but there were some things I really liked. And my my reaction was the opposite. I did really like it. There were some things I didn't like, but I think we like and dislike the same thing. So it's yeah. really funny to me that like <laughs> we both characterized it kind of in opposite ways. I really liked it because I really, really, and we're just going to go straight into spoilers. I really, really liked Wanda's journey. I really liked mm-hmm. What it said about her, what it said about this show, what the show said about her grief, her trauma. I really liked her arc, I love the fact that, like, no, she didn't act well. She didn't, she's going, went through grief and trauma, and she didn't handle it ideally. She hurt people. She mm-hmm. did some bad things. And that is, you know, it's for those people to process their trauma, and they have the right to think of her and conceive of her however they want to because of what she inflicted on them. But, like, we don't always act well. That's right. the point. And, like, I really like that. I think that's profound, and we should definitely get into that. Uh, but there's a lot of secondary stuff. I was like, hmm, hmm. And yeah. so, okay, so now <laughs> you get into that. No, I agree with you. I agree with you about Wanda wholeheartedly um, because I do think that, you know, the show has been very upfront about this idea of grief and trauma and acting as a result of those issues. Um and and so when I said that, like, I didn't love the finale, but there were pieces of it I liked a lot, and and <laughs> you're like, yeah, same, 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 same on all the things we discussed. It's because I was seeing this finale as, like, as a whole, I think the show is so strong and so mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. And the finale as a separate episode was the weakest point to me in terms of all of it. Um, even though I thought Wanda's journey specifically within the finale was the one piece that really, really worked for me. Like her and Vision together, both of their storylines and their arcs like culminated in a way that felt very strong and very on character and very like they threaded that line throughout the entire series like very, very, very well. Um, I guess should we kind of do what we usually do, which is start at the beginning? And, yeah, and, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it starts and we pick up kind of immediately where the eighth episode left off with uh, Agatha holding the line, the magic lines around the boys about the twins necks. And here is where it started not working for me is this episode felt very like, OK, now you're in the MCU and we need a big MCU fight scene and the flash. And it has to make sense within the MCU like infrastructure, basically, like it felt like network interference right yeah a little bit and yeah. the fight felt too long yeah so my thought is they brought the mcu into this narrative in a really 
some people didn't like it. Some people, like, the, the reaction to the show has been super interesting because there are some people who either aren't familiar with or don't care about the larger MCU that are super into the, like, that were super into the first three episodes, the meta-ness, the commentary. And then there are the people who... Um, who are super into, like, super into the MCU that were really bored for the first three episodes and then got really excited with the fourth. And I feel like you and I are in the middle. We really like the character stuff, but we're also super into the MCU. So we've liked the marriage of the two, and I feel like Mm -hmm. they've balanced that really well so far, and this got clunky. Yes, exactly. Agreed. This 100% was like, okay, where's our big comic book fight scene? But... Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, you know, the episode was like 50 ish minutes, I want to say something like that. And this fight scene felt 20 minutes too long, where you were like, okay, like, from my perspective, you know, they, they have this like back and forth. And it's a lot of telling. It's a lot of like expositioning in the middle of a fight scene. And it felt like what they were trying to do with Catherine Hahn, who was so great in that initial reveal. And I had this issue with the eighth episode, too, where they're, like, having her kind of walk this line between, like, nefarious and a little bit of camp. And, like, it never quite hit for me because yeah. the way Elizabeth Olsen plays Wanda is so, like, intensive and serious. And I didn't think it worked here either. I re- uh. yeah. Did you – did we – we talked about Ultron, right? Because we both rewatched it? Or I did not there? rewatch it. I think just you did not rewatch it. I don't know. But I did not – don't think we talked about it. I rewatched Ultron because I was like, I need to remember. Yeah. I, mm. I was like, I was about to ask, was that a bad decision? Because I kind of want to rewatch it, but uh, the the parts that I hated are worse somehow, okay. but the parts that are good are better than I remember them being. So Fair. actually, I I quite like James Spader in the role. I do too. I do too. I think he's. He does a very good job. I was thinking about him and then Jeff Goldblum in yes. Ragnarok about the camp because they married the camp and the series very well. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, like, Jeff Goldblum's more on the funny side of that because yeah. of Taika, but he's still quite, quite scary when he does the things you don't expect him to do. And James Spader is so good in those moments, too, where he's, like, kind of handles those more absurd lines a little well like you know I've got no string it's it's very silly but he's he plays it really well and I'm not sure that Captain Han that it worked in the construct of the show yeah. because it just it was it just felt a little off with the seriousness of the of the storyline underlying Wanda's it was it was weird I feel like, and you brought this up last week, but I feel like this should have been a 10-episode series, and we should have gotten a full episode on the origin of Agatha Harkness, um, because we just did not get enough development for her, I think, so where she ended up. And, like, I was telling you this, but she looked fabulous. Like, the costume, the hair, she looked fabulous in this episode, and I really just wish we'd gotten that depth, because I don't think this is, we're, I don't think either of us are dinging Catherine Hahn. She mm-hmm. worked with... I think it's the material she was given. Like, I think she's an excellent actress and she did a lot with what she had, but she didn't have much. Yeah. Like I, I kept saying like, if they had started, like if, if Wanda's first reaction and initial like kind of um, tactic had been to pull Agatha into that, that like dream thing she does, Mm -hmm. um, I think it would have been much stronger because we would have gotten more Agatha character work in that moment and been able to see that scene 
uh, from a different perspective and it could have done all the work for for them instead of mm-hmm. having to tell us all this stuff prior to it yeah um which then would have allowed more space for the other characters to breathe a little bit because another issue this this episode had was like all those plot lines that had been building were just like it felt like they were thrown out the window right yeah, yeah. like i i really felt that with the <laughs> the i don't even want to mention it because you're gonna scream the the fake pietro <gasps> the fake pietro monica like just 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 i was it was like what 30 i felt like it was like 30 what 30 seconds I, i'm so furious and i'm sorry i'm not laughing because i'm laughing at previous face right now because she looks so <laughs> upset I'm not, okay, I, I've seen a lot of stuff being like, people are just mad their theories didn't play out. And no, that's not what this is. Yeah. Like, this is not, we've both been very open where we're like, we love theorizing, we love, but we don't really, like, when the theories don't play out, it doesn't really matter to us. Like, it's like, okay, this, we were wrong, who cares? It's fun to talk about. Like, the fun is in the discussion, the fun is not in the like, aha, I was right, even though that is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was infuriating because it felt like bad faith writing to me. Mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. It's It was an in-joke for the people writing the show without considering the uh, manipulation of the audience. Like, mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. if you are going to cast, if the joke, okay, there are two possible jokes. There's the joke that, um, the meta joke of like, haha, uh, recasting a character, like that, that is a joke because that happens in Kate sitcoms all the time where characters recast and you're not supposed to pay attention to it. It's just like a different actor, right? And then there's the joke of Pietro in the universe dying for no reason. And so you're getting a second chance or two, two jokes here. The second one doesn't make sense because they tried to be like, he's, he was created by Agatha. Why does he act like the Pietro from the X-Men universe? Mm -hmm. There is no reason for it other than to make us feel stupid for thinking it. Mm -hmm. It's to play with the audience. It's to play with the audience in a bad faith kind of way. Not in a, like, we should be in on the joke and not feel like, I don't want to watch a TV show and feel stupid. Yeah. Like that's not fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you want to watch it and be like, ha ha. Yes. That is a funny joke because you set it up well. So the punchline lands, this punchline did not land. And it feels like, um, it's one thing. And I understand what people say about like fan service and nostalgia. It's one thing to, to, to pay, you know, to like, not pay fans, that's a bad way to put it, but you know what I mean, reward fans who have invested in every mm-hmm. aspect of this universe with this little in-joke. It's another thing to be like, you've invested in every aspect of this inver- universe and are excited about getting this in-joke and we're not giving it to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's fine if you don't want to do the in-joke, but don't, like, be like, ha-ha. Like, it feels, it feels very mean-spirited. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it no. is. <laughs> It is, like, I don't understand what, because if you want to make the recasting joke, do it with somebody other, than, why would you, you could cast anybody, why are you casting Evan Peters? I, it's like, if you're gonna, here's how I feel about it, if you cast Evan Peters in the role, and the joke is the recasting joke, have him act like Aaron Taylor Johnson's portrayal mm-hmm. of Pietro. Mm-hmm. Put him in the clothes, give him the accent, like, let him 
be that Pietro. Yeah. That's that's the recasting joke. Mm-hmm. The recasting joke is you literally take another actor and they act exactly the same as the previous yeah. actor. They're just a different person. We're supposed to pretend like they're not. Yeah. This was something different. This was like you pulled this character and you made him a character we knew from another series and it didn't it didn't work as a joke. I that said, I do think that potentially this could be the Witsec person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we don't know who that is, right? Like when yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Woo came onto the scene being like, I have a person in witness protection. And we don't, we have no idea who that yeah. is. So the, there is potential here via, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm reaching a little bit, but it's, it's the MCU. Like, who knows? Like, they could set, be setting this up for later. But as it stands, 100%, like, weakest part of the entire show for me yeah. was how poorly thought out this, this line was. And not because I'm mad that it's not Pietro or anything. It's just, I don't think it was written well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it was, um, it feels, it's one thing to feel, it's, it's just like you said, it's one thing to feel like you're in on the joke. It's another thing to feel like the writers are laughing at you for being so stupid to fall for the joke that they put in there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not fun. Like, and so, um, yeah, I, and, but the, also the, like, wrapping up of his storyline with the cool, like, post credit scene with, um, with Monica, and then, like, it was, like, 30 seconds, and then she's, you know, being like, it was, just, it was weird. It was weird. The whole thing, that, that whole thing was just weird. It was, it was very, very strange. Um, and then I feel like it's, it's hard because again, the Wanda and Vision stuff was so good. So like you mm-hmm. have this fight happening between Wanda and Agatha and the, and the idea is that Agatha wants to like suck out all of Wanda's magic cause she can use it and she'll, you know, deign to allow Wanda to live in this like little, you know, hex or whatever she's created. Um, and meanwhile, white vision shows up to fight vision. And I actually quite, quite liked how they handled it. I thought it was absolutely, okay. So this is a thing where I don't think it's mean. I think it's hilarious yes. that the, that the person that Paul Bettany was teasing that was really excited to play actors are really excited to work with was himself that I found really funny um I found really funny and really charming and really cute and then him being like oh I hope people aren't disappointed I was joking you know like is I found that very funny and very cute and uh yeah I was not disappointed at all I think it was really I think it was very well I think it was it was well done and I think it sets a lot of interesting there's a lot of interesting I really like the ship of Theseus discussion I thought that was very thoughtful and thought-provoking and I'm really curious now that White Vision's memories have been unlocked like what's and and the fact that 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 our that Wanda's vision and Wanda were like you know we found each other once we'll find each other again like this is very profound and sweet and I I do wonder what that will portend for the future yeah I have a question (laughs) because I thought they were going to phase together. Like, I thought that that's what that was leading to, that they were like, now we have become one, you know? (laughs) Isn't there a Spice Girl song, To Become One? To Become One. Yep. Um, I did think that was going to happen. So when White Vision, like, just, like, fucked off, (laughs) it was like, bye. I was like, wait, what? Aren't you, like, with your memories unlocked, aren't you in love with Wanda? Like, what? Wouldn't that be the natural? I mean, I don't know because we really got like 0.2 seconds with him after the memories were unlocked. Yeah. But I, I was like, oh, I, 
I thought when you remembered everything, you would be like, oh, I love Wanda. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know what, and maybe, I don't know, he didn't need a process or like, there's like the philosophical question, which I don't know if they're going to get into. If he has the memories, is he still this, you know, like what, what, does he, does he have feelings? Like, does he have, like, we don't know what they took, like, we know it's Vision's body with the, we don't know, we don't know what. Um, what is vision without the mind stone? Like we, that, that's still a question we haven't quite answered. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot to go in there, um, into there. And, um, I'm curious to see what role he'll play. Cause we don't know. We don't know if Paul Bettany is going to be back at all. I assume he will, but. <laughs> that's the last time we see vision. It's just... <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Uh, no, and then, you know, we bring um, kind of all of them back, and then there's this moment where uh, Wanda uh, frees the town, the towns, or no, Agatha frees the townspeople. Who does it? I don't remember. Agatha does. Agatha frees the townspeople from, from the think, um, yeah. the thing that, that Wanda has done, and they all start kind of, which I didn't, I, the I zombie. Yeah, it was very weird. I agree with what you said earlier that um, people are allowed to be upset with her, but I did think the scene was very weird because these characters thus far have felt like real people. They felt like who have their own issues, but this moment did turn them very into like faceless mob territory that I was like, what? Did Do we know that... Agatha, like, and my 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 assumption here was that Agatha was still had her finger on the scale with them. Oh, because okay. my because I felt like what was very realistic was at the end where they're all just looking at her and she's walking out of town, which we'll get to later. Yes. But I felt like that was very realistic, and I felt like this. I my my impression here was that Agatha was definitely like, you know. There was definitely some influence here because she was she's been so a involved. We don't know what this hex would have looked like without her involvement. Um, And I don't I do think she's been involved from the beginning, you know, um, and shaping the way things do. And then B, we don't know. um, She's been very disingenuous, like acting like things are real when they're not blah, blah, blah. So like I I I just kind of assume she has a hand in everything. That would make it more sense. Yeah. Make it make more sense because I I was like I don't this feels very like like it all here was I think this is where my issue is with the finale as a whole is that it felt very cartoony in a mm-hmm. show that had felt very real and lived in to this point. Ironically enough, given like you know the the meta ness or whatever, but this this moment and I guess it's a it's a way to. It's so hard to talk about the finale, I feel like, because there was so much that happened in it. Um, and that's some, that's a way, that's a, sorry, um, it, that's a, it, it's the MCU, it's like you said, the MCU coming into it, because this is how the MCU feels. There's so yeah. many dangling storylines that don't get resolved in a satisfactory way because you're so focused on plot. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, absolutely. It, it was that kind of big, big issue, because you have, like, it was like, we need all these things to happen. So this is what's going to happen. Like Hayward, like I want to talk about Hayward because, you know, while all this is happening, you've still got a uh, sword trying to get in. And, and the minute, you know, Wanda opens the hex after this like uh, scene to 
after the scene of all the 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 townspeople surrounding her and waking up and begging, you know, for her to like let them go or kill them or whatever because they can't handle being here anymore. She opens the hex to let them out to free them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hayward takes that as an opportunity to bring sword inside of the hex to to take Wanda down. Hayward, who prior to this felt like such a good villain in the vein of like the good MCU villains, meaning you, this is also a man going through grief and reacting violently and reacting in a way, in a, in a, in a place of fear and loss and sadness. And that is, this is the way he reacted. And again, like you said, it's not a good reaction. It's not a constructive reaction, but it is a, it's a very, it felt like a very real reaction and his, um, moment with Wanda when we see from, you know, the reality of it that she came in and was like, didn't steal vision, but he mm-hmm. was re-traumatizing her on purpose to again, like, uh, get to where he thought they needed to be because of that fear and trauma that he went through. Yep. And this episode, he turns into a freaking cartoon villain. I was like, really? You're gonna get out of your car and shoot your gun at two 10 year olds. Like it was so strange. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It was very clunky. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's like what you said. Like we have to, we had to get to this end point to set up whatever's next in the MCU. And it's, they should have taken like two or three more episodes. They could have taken two or three more episodes to get here. And instead, this is not comparable, but it a little bit reminds me of the game of last season of Game of Thrones, <laughs> where they're like, we know where we have to get, and we don't. Get, we have thrown all character development, everything out the window, everything we've built up to to this point out the window. And I don't think it's that bad. Like I don't. I don't think it's. It's just it didn't feel true to the rest of. Like I thought Wanda's journey was very good, and that's what I have reacted to overwhelmingly over the course of the series. So I um, like the finale overall, but there's a lot of just um, questionable. This is like it's like characterized by bad decisions, right? It was like, so strange. It was very, very, very weird. I will say also, um, we skipped over it a little, but I love the like scenes of the family fighting together. Mm-hmm. Like it just that just like warmed my little heart and like it um the scenes of like and it's kind of that contrasted with the scenes of all of them, like, them kind of saying goodbye. It was Yes, I know. Yeah, I just, especially <laughs> like as like the like as a parent, like I was like like I was just like wrecked that whole like uh it was um it was very very rough um and I think those quiet moments again are the like best in the series best in the finale best in the series like just the relationship stuff the Wanda stuff the grief stuff beyond besides Hayward because I do agree like he was he was like on track to be really very I just I want more I guess from the MCU, we're at a point now we're in, what, phase four? I want more than, we've been 30 movies in, like, I want more than just, like, here's the hero, here's the villain. The hero acts in good ways, the villain acts in bad ways. Like, I want more nuance, and I want more character development, and that's, I think, why I responded so well to this series. Like, Wanda is one of our heroes, but she is not acting in a heroic way, because this is her trying to process like her entire life has just been trauma after trauma and she hasn't had room to process any of it and yes she hurts other people when she's processing it but sometimes that happens in real life what happens when you're this woman and i i did like also and we'll like we haven't 
touched on this yet. Her The emphasis on part of her problem here is she doesn't understand her powers because she's never been given room to explore them. Mm-hmm. Every story we've had of her is like, like Tony and Cap and all of them, f- f- quote unquote, I'm doing like air quotes right now, you listeners can't see me, but like for her own good, <laughs> trying to constrain her powers. She needs to understand what she can do in order to understand how to control it. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's hard because I think we've we've started to see what great villains can look like in the mm-hmm. MCU from Killmonger um, to Vulture, who are two of my top favorite villains of the MCU because they have a point. Mm-hmm. Like the key mm-hmm. to these good villains is that you can see they're not so cartoony because you can see where they started and Hayward started like that. Agatha. Uh, like we said at the top, like didn't quite have that space. Like, you know, I think I talked about it last week where I really enjoyed the line in, in Charles William Moore's recap where he, he says, you know, this is a woman whose first thing that we see on screen, who, whose first issue that we see on screen is ambition. And I would have liked to see more of that through line because it did feel very much like her telling Wanda, and again, very much telling Wanda that she didn't deserve the power because she didn't understand how to use it, you know, versus like I have versus the, you know, you should give it to me because I deserve this and I, I've earned it by working so hard and by doing all the work. Like there's a little bit of that. Um, I did really like their final scene in the air and the, and the very, like, this was the MCU part of it that I liked a lot where Wanda kind of turns around the rune stuff and like, is able to use that to defeat Agatha. Yeah. And, and of course, like the MCU-ness of it is that of course, like story-wise, it would make sense if Dr. Strange showed up at this moment, as we've seen in Thor Ragnarok, he's paying attention to what is going on. Um, but obviously because the Dr. Strange movie is coming, like we're not going to get a Stephen Strange appearance and this like TV show. Um, but they're leaving the door open by having Wanda leave uh, Agatha in Westview as Agnes, as this like character kind of trapped in her own head, which is terrifying. Um, and lets us see a little bit of that potential for Scarlet Witch now with her like new costume and, and new perspective on her powers. Costume is fantastic. Yes, really I really liked, liked the, costume. the costume. And I really liked that. Um, I, I I did very much like they did not bring in Doctor Strange because it would have become mm-hmm. the Doctor Strange show the second they brought him in. Um, it's uh, So I, I'm really glad they didn't. But there were plenty of references, you know, even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, who is Doctor Strange. So, you know. Um, and then the the very end um which may have been i think that was might have been a post credit scene where she's in the cabin yes that was the post post second post credit scene um she is very much the magic she's doing is very reminiscent of doctor strange's magic so it's clear mm-hmm. like the connections are very clear and it's very understandable why she's going to be a major character in the second doctor strange movie um which, god i'm going to have to watch <laughs> well well I, I do want to get to that. I think uh, we're dancing around it because I think we both recognize like this is the conversation that we have to have, but we got to talk about the Monica stuff, which I'm not sure there's a character who has done more of a disservice in the entire series than Monica, who like, yes, like everybody's plot threads were dropped. And I'm sure there are some like COVID issues that were happening in terms of like some of, some of the strangeness of the finale, like Darcy just being 
in the in the truck and and also Darcy getting to be the one who took Hayward down I was a little frustrated by um because as much as I love Darcy Lewis and Kat Dennings in the role like that that was Monica's fight to have with Hayward and it just I don't understand why they thought it would be a good idea to have the imagery of a black woman stepping in front of two little white boys and getting shot at by a white man like that there's an excellent piece by stephanie williams which we will link to um on we have to be better like this is it's i i i was literally like i was so thrown by it i was like i can't fathom the conversation that happened that would lead to this being a thing that they thought they should shoot mm-hmm. and then to have the boy the boys the joke be that the boys could have handled it anyway yeah and um i think by episode five or six i think five you and i were talking about how this is a it's becoming a parallel story of monica's yeah and wanda's and that was so exciting and so like it was just so um it was so poignant like Mm -hmm. both of them are dealing with loss both of them are dealing with grief maybe they can process it together Mm -hmm. and then basically sidelining monica like if you're gonna do the work do the work yeah don't do the work to say you did the work and then sideline the character at the last second and then do her a complete disservice it was so weird it It was was... bizarre like i don't understand a lot yeah i don't understand i don't get it even from just like forget forget the 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 poor optics of Mm -hmm. it forget the like moral you know idea behind representation and and all that from a writing perspective it's such a strange decision because you've built this up so much like monica is wanda's connection to the outside Mm -hmm. monica is the one who has consistently pushed wanda to remember who she is and to not you know she's she's the one who says to wanda don't let him make you a villain like there was there was no payoff for that line because we never had that, like, that that last conversation between Monica and Wanda is so strange and stilted. And, and Monica being like, if I had the chance to bring my mother back, I would. Like, it was, it was so, it felt very disingenuous between the characters. It did, yeah. And, right? In a way that hadn't, it hadn't throughout the rest of the series. It was so... And obviously Monica is going to have a huge role in Captain Marvel 2. And I, I don't think that this is like, this is how they're going to end the character story. Like, obviously not from that first post-credit sequence. But, and this is Wanda's show. Of course, this is Wanda's show. Like, hers is the journey we're meant to go on. But they set this up. They set it up. And it felt like they thought maybe the setup, the culmination was Monica getting her powers in that truly wonderful sequence um but the character culmination and the relationship culmination just never happened yeah they they it was the it's the again sacrificing character for plot Mm -hmm. or not even sacrificing character for plot but confusing the two Mm -hmm. um powers are they can be a character like in okay so in um, WandaVision power, ha- like power, su- the superpowers, Wanda superpowers have been, uh, a character device and not a plot device necessarily. Yes. They've been used to further the plot, but they've been a big part of her character 
in uh for monica they have not her powers right now are a plot device yes not in it because we haven't we haven't explore the relationship between Monica and her powers. We haven't seen how she relates to them, how she uses them, how she doesn't use them. Like we haven't gone on that journey yet. So giving her powers is not a culmination of her Mm -hmm. character journey. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. That was the end point they needed to get to. And they thought that was, you know, like, I don't know, maybe they thought, I don't know, or maybe, and you're right. I didn't even think about this, but maybe some stuff was cut because of COVID. Maybe, like, maybe we didn't get some scenes we should have. May I, I honestly have no idea, but there's something missing there. Yeah, it was a lot of, like, it just, in the way that the stories have, like, you know, we start in that first episode of the season where it's just all Wanda, and then it slowly grows, and we slowly see more of the outside coming in. And like we said, Monica was that connection. And it felt like the by the eighth episode, we were really seeing how the interiority of Wanda's life and the exteriority of Wanda's life were truly like uh linked Mm -hmm. in a way that she didn't want them to right Mm -hmm. like we start fully interiority and then slowly bring in that outside uh, that and slowly and slowly and slowly but by the last episode that final episode they again feel totally divorced from one another yeah and so you have these separate storylines that don't feel connected anymore because like there's the Wanda Agatha fight, which felt completely disconnected from the sword stuff, which felt mm-hmm. completely disconnected from Monica's stuff. And then you have like poor Randall Park with Jimmy Woo being like, my guys are going to be here within the hour. And then that didn't matter, like at yeah. all, like had no impact on the plot whatsoever. Um, it was uh, it, it was disappointing in a series where otherwise like, I think that final scene with Wanda and Vision in the house is like one of the most beautifully written things I've seen from Marvel writers on screen. It mm-hmm. was like she's what does she say? You're you're, you're the part of the mind stone that from lives inside in me. me. Yeah, something like that. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and you are my heart, or she says you are my hope and my sadness, and most of all, you're my heart, or something like that. And it was, you know. Uh, it was such a beautiful scene between the two characters who I felt truly like in a way that we discussed like we don't get in the movies. And so their, their interactions in the movies can also feel stilted yeah. and, and kind of forced. It never felt that way in this series, like not once. Yeah. And that was a beautiful culmination for the two of them that I'm like almost hearing up thinking yeah. about, you know, the moment where they, um, they say goodbye to their boys and, and she says, thank you for choosing me to be your mom. And then uh, going downstairs and having that conversation as the like light builds towards them. And you know, they both know the end is coming. It was so beautiful and so just masterfully like crafted in my opinion and felt completely earned and felt like I didn't feel as though I was being manipulated into feeling a certain way. Like I truly like was like, I feel like this because I felt like I've gone on this journey with this character for the last six hours or whatever it is. And they just lost that for basically everyone else in the series. Yeah, I agree. Um, they, it was a masterful depiction, I think of her processing her trauma finally Mm -hmm. and grief and coming to terms with what vision meant to her and the fact that, you know, like, and, and, you know, realizing, you know, he'll always be with me, but not like this. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it is, it was, it was like, I know. Like, yeah, I have goosebumps. (laughs) I guess it was so good, but I agree. I agree. Like this, 
we neatly tied off a lot of plot threads, but they didn't mm-hmm. come together in any sort of coherent way. Yeah, it was just it it left it was very uneven. It was it was remarkably uneven. Um and again, like those other plot points felt very much as like we need to set up all these other pieces that are happening, which is a you know, it could be argued that's just a result of what this is, which is fine. But I don't like again, like this we go back to it again and again and again, like stop sacrificing character yeah. for plot when you've done it it like in the movies it doesn't it's frustrating, but it's not you're just like, okay, fine. You have two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, you can't do everything. In this, you did such a good job. You were yeah. so good at it. And it's not like if the showrunners hadn't been like, we need three more episodes, Disney wouldn't have been like, okay. You know, like, it's just, there's no, it's not like there's a money issue here. <laughs> I know. It's not like there's, it's not, this is some, like, bootstrapped studio. Like, <laughs> Like, and they're releasing it on their own network. It's not like they couldn't have been like, okay, we need three more episodes. Let's push Falcon and Winter Soldier by three weeks. Like, this is, we're not dealing with normal kinds of, like, issues here. This is not, so it is, it is. There's no, like, yeah, it could have been, there could have been some COVID complications. They could have, but it is messy writing. Like, at the end of the day, it's just, like, messy, messy writing. And I, I would like better and like to be fair 90 percent of the series was exactly what i've wanted the mcu to grow into mm-hmm. so like it yeah. gives me a lot of hope for the future and i don't want anybody to think that we're like we're not trying to rag on the series i think the series is all on the whole fantastic i can't actually wait to rewatch, knowing what i know now mm-hmm. um but uh i want like we always want more and so um you know that's part of you know talking about the stuff and so yeah no it there it could have done it could have done a lot better but it could also have done a lot worse, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we critique because we care. We do. If, if we didn't care, we wouldn't discuss it. I know, we wouldn't. We would not at all. And if we didn't like it at all, we would have just been like, so sorry, we don't like that episode, we're not covering it. There was mm-hmm. a lot to like in this episode. Uh, just not not some of the plotting. <laughs> some of this. Yeah. Um, I do, okay, so we have two kind of jumping off points from here for where the MCU goes next. Yeah. And, and in big ways, those well, three maybe, if I'm being very, very hopeful, because we've got obviously going into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We've got obviously going into Captain Marvel 2. And maybe some Young Avengers territory, perhaps. Because when she says, I'm so glad you chose me to be your mom, I think it implies agency on the part of these twins. Like, they're not just a construct out of Wanda's head like they're they exist in some fashion and we find that to be absolutely true in the post post credit sequence mm-hmm. when she hears them calling for help like they clearly exist and with you know Haley Stanfield's Hawkeye series and and um the potential there for young avengers like I am I cannot I mm-hmm. I hope the it's, Kamala Khan series too yeah and the Kamala Khan series like if you have not read the Karen Gillan, um, oh my God, Karen Gillan and I'm just David McKelvey. Yeah. Thank you, David McKelvey. I was like, oh. uh, Young Avengers, Young Avengers series. Like, pick it up. It's so good. It's so 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 good. Um, and who knows where the Loki series will go? Because yeah. Young Loki plays a very big part in Young Avengers. So maybe like this is Tom Hiddleston's. Not that I don't love Tom Hiddleston as Loki, but perhaps it's his exit from the mm-hmm. MCU. We don't mm-hmm. know. But Loki as a character can yeah. exist without the actor. 
by nature of what Loki is. Absolutely. And um, then there is, you know, the next series, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which presumably will not play into any young Avengers territory, but um, I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as, I think we're going to be a lot more straight MCU, much less nuanced than we did for WandaVision. It's much, um, but I still think, um, I'm curious. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be something, you know, like there's not a lot going on right now. So like TV wise, (laughs) I mean, so (laughs) something, you know, we'll watch it happily. Um, what are you curious about? You said, I'm curious. About, um, I don't know. What am I curious about? Totally blanking. We are, I think, I, I am curious about, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I am very curious about that because I did see the first Doctor Strange movie. It's pretty terrible. Um, but, uh, his character has gotten better since then, like, like, I think Benedict Cumberbatch has a better handle on the character. They've given him a sense of humor. Like, he's a little bit better. I don't know how I feel about him adopting Tony's role in... Benedict Cumberbatch does not have the charm of Robert Downey Jr. And frankly, no. we don't need that, like, patriarchal, like, mentor figure. Like, you, you said in the last episode, like, Peter doesn't need another mentor. Um, I'm not sure. But I am, I am much more curious about that movie I, I i going uh following wandavision yeah i hope that uh i said this on twitter but i really hope that sam raimi and jack uh schaefer sat down and had a conversation about wanda because my my biggest fear is that they'll make her the villain they'll turn her into a villain for doctor strange and i i think it would throw out all the work of wandavision so i'm i'm really hoping that I didn't think they don't that. get anywhere near that nonsense because i would like to see strange recognize that wanda might need help in rescuing her children versus you know uh wanda's doing a lot of magic and shouldn't be so let's stop her you know which I don't think that Sam Raimi would do. Like, I think there, there's, they said that uh, this movie is going to be a horror movie, which I'm... Super interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think that's what they said back in, like, 2019 when they announced it. Um, I'm pretty sure Feige uh, said that they were going to... This would be the first horror movie of the mm-hmm. MCU, which I think when directors are allowed to play with genre they do really really well like when you look at the strength of Ragnarok uh, Black Panther and um, Homecoming it's they all were genre films right like you have space opera you've got Afrofuturism you've and and sci-fi and you've got a young adult novel on screen essentially and and it allowed the creators to really like have a vision and also allow like a strong director like with uh Ryan Coogler and Taika Waititi you know they they both had clear visions and Marvel allowed them to use their characters to implement those visions and they weren't kind of forced into these uh traditional aspects of what the MCU films had been up until that point and mm-hmm. I have a lot of hope for Sam Raimi who is also a very strong director yeah to be able to do that with horror in Doctor Strange. Like, I yeah. think it could be very, very fun and interesting. I think it could be, too. And I do really hope, because my I didn't even think about that worst-case scenario. My fear with Wanda is that they do what uh, 
I, the Russo brothers did to Thor after, yeah, oh. I saw that viral. Yeah, did to Thor after like all the work that Taika did um, mm-hmm. in Ragnarok in like you are not your ham the hammer that pa- your power is in you you are the you know and then the they took that you know came, coming off of that storyline and what did Thor do in you know and in uh, Infinity War it went and got another hammer you know like it's just like. Really? And so that's like my, my worry of Wanda is like taking this like amazing character journey on grief and coming to terms with your power and turning her back into she's a woman who doesn't understand her power, you know, so let's, you know, and so I guess it is they're, they're very similar. Yeah. You know, so but yeah, so I'm hoping they don't make that mistake again. But oh, that would bum me out so bad. I know, right? Like, yeah, I'm hoping that's not the case. And I feel like Sam Raimi is a really thoughtful director but we'll see what happens because uh, i know people will be like oh spider-man 3 spider-man 3 like was a result of very very like a lot of different powers at play mm-hmm. and a lot of like political stuff happening behind the scenes like the script for the original spider-man 3 is so wildly different than what ended up on screen like i don't i it's <sighs> spider-man 2 is so good <laughs> like i have a lot of trust in in Raimi to like do the thing mm-hmm. so I ah, and we're so far out from it like we're so uh, Spider-Man is Spider-Man No Way Home is hitting theaters I think in Christmas yes yeah. I think it's Christmas Day maybe um I look forward to seeing it on the internet <laughs> <laughs> like when it comes to streaming because probably won't be going to the theaters by then <laughs> um so we're we're very far out, and I Captain Marvel two. I don't think has a think release has a release date. date right? Yeah, this year I think we're getting uh, Spider Man and are we Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. It it is what it is. Yeah, and then um, we still have the Eternals that needs to come out. Like, there's a lot that they're going to have yeah. to like cram into the next couple of years. And yeah. the Eternals, as far as I know, is done filming. They're just mm-hmm. waiting. Because Eternals was supposed to come out last summer, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right? We were supposed to get Black Widow in the spring and Eternals in the summer. Um, and so I, I I, don't actually know what the, the new release slate is. I don't know is. either. Like, I don't think the, they've the announced first. it. I think they've just right? said, these movies are coming. But, like, I think during that investor call, they said, like, here are the movies that are coming. But they didn't tell us, like, when. Mm-hmm. Um, for Captain Marvel 2, I am very excited to see more of Monica Mm-hmm. And I did like what was the implication that the scroll who came in to talk to her in the theater, her like friend from the I think so. <laughs> I think that was the idea. And that was, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, that was the post credit scene. That, I think that was the idea. And so it, it would make sense that Captain Marvel 2 was centered around like sword in space. Right. And, and I am. And like Nick Fury would be there, like presumably, mm-hmm. given what we know about where he is right now. Right. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of getting more of that. Like, one of my favorite moments in the with Monica and the WandaVision show is when uh, Jimmy Woo brought up Captain Marvel and Monica was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some conversations there between them two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to some of that drama because I want to see... I want to see Captain Marvel at knowing she is Captain Marvel and talking to somebody who knows her mm-hmm. because we like, I love that. That first Captain Marvel movie is still so good and so fun. And I think, 
I loved watching Brie Larson and uh, Lashana Lynch. Like, I thought they had such great chemistry. But we don't get a lot of her having to balance being Captain Marvel and being Carol Danvers. Mm -hmm. And so I think the next Captain Marvel will be more of that. And I'm excited to see it with someone... um, like Monica, played by Tayona Paris, who who's so good at being Monica and strong and like has this like interiority that I am excited to hopefully get to see on screen in a more mm-hmm. in a way that gives her a full fully fleshed storyline. Yeah. Um, and then the other the last question I have I think is Jimmy Woo. Do we know what he's? It seems like they're setting him up for something. I hope so. Me too. He was like, so good. He's so good. Look at all those magic tricks he... I bet Ant-Man taught him how to pick the lock on handcuffs. For sure, right? Mm -hmm. Flourish. I Mm -hmm. loved that a lot. Like... Yeah. (laughs) I hope... I mean, if... If this, like, Pietro potentially being the Witsec person plays out, maybe there's a place for Jimmy Woo in the X-Men. In the the eventual X-Men stuff. Like, I would be super into it. I put Jimmy Woo in every movie. I just want Jimmy Woo... I want, like, a Jimmy Woo, like, tracking downs powered people like tv series or something not in a bad way not like tracking them down to lock them up but like powered crimes yeah or something let him let him work with uh she hulk yeah oh my god oh yeah okay okay yes jimmy woo daredevil legal drama yeah agreed just saying agreed legal drama procedural i am so in yeah i agree (laughs) uh all right i think that's all i I have that's it yeah so what are you doing right now? Okay. Uh, since this is a last minute Monday morning <laughs> episode, we're going to be very brief, I think, today. But so for me, it's Avengers Assembly number two. The Sinister Substitute comes out in less than a month. So please, you know, it's it's the sequel to the first Avengers Assembly book, um, Orientation. The kids are back this time. We're all about Doreen and, you know, life being what it is and and school being what it is and and maybe there's some infiltration happening in the halls of avengers Mm -hmm. institute um but that is available for pre-order but it comes out on april 6th uh if you have young readers in your life and then of course the battle of the bands is available for pre-order um which is a joint anthology of every story taking place on the night of the battle of the bands it's ya it's very fun and if you were an emo or scene kid in high school and college as i was i hope you will check it out because you will see a lot of references um and then of course which this is the next one i will let you speak to because it is a it is i have a stake in it but my name Um. your name is, is the one. <laughs> yeah, so Source Stone Table, we had the cover release, talked about that in the last episode, but now it's available on Edelweiss and NetGalley. If you are a reviewer or cover books in any way, uh, you can request it. Um, e-galleys, we will, I've gotten a lot of questions about print galleys. So they will exist. You may see pictures of them here and there, but I don't even know if I'm going to see one because they're so limited. Last year, Penguin Random House did not do any print galleys. So we are lucky to even be getting any, and they're going to go to people who are, um, we hope will blurb the book and stuff like that. So we're just, I'm not planning on seeing any print copies. So digital is your best bet. Um, so feel free to request. And um, if you want to talk to our publicist or anything like that, we're doing media stuff. So uh, that email information is on my website. And so you can feel free to peruse. Um, and then I am still doing my Wired column. 
I've got, I'm in deep in edits on the, this week's, yeah, God, it goes up this week, God, what is time, <laughs> um, but I hope you will, if you enjoy video games or paying casually or anything, check it out, um, and we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network, that's NOC, Nerds of Color, so hard, NOC, Life Pod Network, you can find all the, you can find all the <laughs> I spelled the wrong part because I'm supposed to spell out the URL and I spelled out the name. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine here. Thank you. How are you? Um, you can find all the podcasts in the Hard Talk Media family at Hard Not Media. That's hard nocmedia.com. Like when I spelled out the HTTPS. Oh, I'm so glad that happened. Okay. Oh uh, and to our Patreon supporters, thank you to Alec, Keisha, Meredith, Rone, and Maya at the $12 level, and Amber, Sam, Patrick, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Shelly, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Not Family, Priya, and Creative Gray at the $5 level. You can find us if you want to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Girls. Um, I am mostly on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr very occasionally uh, at Run With Skizzers, S K I Z Z E R S. Daisy Geek Girls is, of course, twitter.com slash Daisy Geek Girls. Mm-hmm. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at S Krishna. Um, I am not on Tumblr. I think I, ha- I have an account, but you will not find, if you contact me there, I will never see it. Oh, uh, TikTok, though. You can, you can find oh, me on TikTok. Yeah, breathe these on TikTok. At Redwood Skizzers, where I mostly post pictures of my, my chai steaming in the sun set to music. <laughs> They're vibes. Good content. Good content. Um, I am I on Clubhouse, but oh, we're both just, 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 just don't find me there. I mean, it's fine if you want to, but I don't use it. I don't know. There's a lot of, we're not going to get into this. There's a lot of privacy. We're messing around Clubhouse right now. So we'll see how that turns out. But um, basically they record all your conversations and they're allowed <gasps> to use them. However, Yeah. So what? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So there's a lot of, if you weren't aware, there's good articles being written about it, but um, just Holy be careful crap. about what you say on Clubhouse. Um, and horrified. yeah, I know. That's why I like, I was like, I was like, oh, this could be really good. This could be really good for like networking, especially. And then I'm like, wait, especially if you're like giving like a, like, I know a lot of people using it to like give talks on like marketing and stuff like that. I'm like, they can record what you are saying and distribute it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Ooh. Okay. Noted. Yeah. So, um, if you are, you know, doing using Clubhouse for anything but self-promo, I would be, like, you know, if you're trying to give away, you know, tips or strategies or anything like that, like, be careful. I guess. Yeah, be careful. Uh, Well, on that, on that very, like, helpful note, no, I'm glad, because I didn't know that. Um, Thank you. Uh, I guess we will see you all in a few weeks for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, we will. Either, either the first episode or the first two episodes, we're going to kind of play it by ear and see yeah. how it goes um but thanks for hanging out with us and uh until doing next time. and until next time we will see you in, in hell. Hell.